All right, today is March 11, 2023, and today I'm going to talk about intensity and training. And uh, this is as much about asking questions as it is providing answers. Uh, so <clears throat> recently, uh, I had another uh, trainer open up uh, close to my area and some of my clients who literally, instead of having to do a 40 minute drive, have to do a, a five minute drive to get there. And, um, and I understand and I know this trainer and I certainly recommend him. I've trained with him before. And uh, so, you know, I, I get it that folks might decide to do that. So I've had a couple of people who have switched to him. So other clients know, and, and one of the things they're reporting back is that they feel like they're more spent uh, after they've done a workout with this gentleman and that that person works them out hard. Well, one of my clients who was relaying that information pointed out, well, it's not you that, uh, it's not the trainer that determines how hard you work, it's up to you to work as hard as you can. And they said, well, this person gets more out of them. So where I'm coming from uh, with this is how hard do you have to train in order to um, get results? And and does it how much does it matter? Can you train too hard? Is it now hard is not hard enough? So I'm going to name some people in there and, I, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase them, not quote them from memory, and I will send this to them to make sure I'm not paraphrasing them wrong, so give them the opportunity to correct me, but also I'd like to get an opinion on things. So first of all, here's my uh, quick thoughts. So in my opinion, you have you definitely have to work out hard enough, and you know, the word training the failure, maybe I should take a second and elaborate, because that gets thrown around a lot uh, and there's very many different definitions to that. On the one hand, I've heard one definition that, you know, people who are training with a relatively rapid cadence, like, you know, as fast as one second up, one second down, or even faster, I've seen videos of that where the training is being described where you can no longer maintain your speed of movement. When your reps start to slow down and you can't do the same speed, that's considered failure. On the other hand, I, I've seen people where failure and some of the people who have criticized failure is the idea that people are doing as many reps as they can in any possible manner they can, including cheating and things like that. And of course, there's many dangers to injuries and getting stuck under a weight and things like that that come into play. But typically, when I think of training to failure, I think of doing as many reps as you can do in perfect form. And then again, there's another definition, what exactly is perfect form? So, um, you know, one of the things, I mean, the, the, I guess maybe the trainer I'm referring to is Blair Wilson. Uh, Blair, uh, the most recent one, Blair is, uh, owns um, Menex Precision Fitness in Toronto and just opening a facility here. And I've trained in him and, and he's a, a great trainer. And, and of course, keep in mind here, the population that I'm referring to generally are people in their 60s and their 70s. Now, also Ellington Darden more recently has come out and um, basically said that maybe he was wrong all these years about getting people to train to failure. And he believes that people should train hard, but they should not go to failure. 
Now, there's been studies that have been done, and here I'll name, I think, the studies that James Fisher, James Steele, uh, Luke Carlson, where they've tracked, you know, set extending techniques, things like forced reps and rest pause and all these various things, and whether or not they actually improve results. And apparently these studies, I haven't looked at them, uh, show that they really, these set extenders or intensity multipliers, whatever, don't really do anything more than just training to plain regular failure. And, uh, and, and the way I look at it is this, is first of all, no matter how you train failure, whatever it is, most of your uh, results are gonna come in the first year and then results after that are gonna be largely incremental and apparently studies have shown that that's the case no matter what methodology that you're using and i often say the biggest difference is you know whether you lift weights or you don't and as long as you don't hurt yourself in the process and you have some level of intensity you're going to get results but anyways after the first year uh progress will be incremental and i have to think that there's going to be a point at which uh, which of course I'm refusing to accept that personally, but father time eventually will win. And eventually, I mean, will I be stronger? I'm 64 today. Will I be as strong at 74? How about 84? How about 94? Is there not a point at which I'm gonna to start to go backwards no matter what I do, simply because father time will eventually have his way. But either way, even if that's not true, even if I can continue to improve incrementally now matter how minimal those increments would be which is sort of my goal i will never improve beyond my genetic potential and my genetic potential is what it is and it's the same for everybody else you you, you can only get as much as your genetics will allow i think that's largely uh, accepted but then another factor with this is perception of getting a good workout by clients because clients will look at, you know, are they getting results? So I can show results that my clients are lifting more weight over time uh, using also body composition tools. I can show them whether or not they're gaining muscle, losing fat, all those things, which, you know, one of the things that I, I think is that strength increases will happen much more uh, than actual hypertrophy in many cases, but I can show that uh, as well. And it's going to happen over time. So if, let's say, I was going to concede, whether it's more intensity or less intensity than what I happen to be using as a standard of reference, was going to give you results somewhat faster. Uh, let's just use that as an example. Well, if you're training for life, how fast you're getting the results to me is not as important as to whether or not you're actually improving over time. Now, if you're training for a specific event, a specific bodybuilding contest, uh, you know, you have a certain goal by a certain time, you may be, of course, concerned about reaching the maximum amount of results in that specific amount of time. But if you're training for life, and when I say that, I, I think of it as the time uh, period of training for life or training for life as in the activities of daily living and enjoying your life and having good quality of life, then as long as you're improving, as long as you are uh, 
minimizing or even reversing sarcopenia, part of me kind of goes, who cares? But the perception, as I started to allude to, by some people as to whether or not they're getting a good workout, is also how they subjectively feel after a workout. And some people, some people would feel like if they were totally spent, it was really hard, uh, they might not like that. While other people like the idea of being pushed to their absolute limits and walking, and you know, barely being able to walk when they leave there. Personally, I, I sort of shy away from going that hard, and maybe I'm wrong, and this is where I'm looking for feedback on here. Part of the reason is I'm training 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds, and 80-year-olds who are subject to falls and things like that, is to me, if I train somebody so hard that they can barely walk as they walk out, and that maybe their walking is impaired for several hours afterwards, then I'm thinking, am I potentially making these people more prone to a fall and whatnot? So some of the names uh, I'm going to quote here and paraphrase. So Logan Hurley uh, from Discover Strength, who I did a podcast with recently and, and runs the Discover Strength podcast, he says that they often use quite high intensity, even with really old people, and they use, uh, you know, set extending techniques and whatnot. And he alludes to the fact that he's not sure that really gets people better results but I think it's the perception, again, I'm paraphrasing that people feel like they've gotten a really good workout when you push them that hard. Uh, Skylar Tanner, again, I'm paraphrasing, has talked about um, as soon as he sees any uh, kind of compromise in the form, even like making faces, breath holding and things like that, if people are not able to be completely stoic and continually do perfect reps, he calls that failure. And I believe James Steele and James Fisher, uh, and I think maybe in collaboration with Luke Carlson and the results and the data that they got from working with the people from Discover Strength are the ones who came up with the idea that training, you know, set extenders and things like that don't really get better results. Now, Andrew Short was a trainer uh, from model here also somebody that i respect and think very good and some of the people who came from him because of proximity uh, felt that they were leaving the air barely being able to walk after they were doing things and so andrew might pipe in on this and see um and talk about uh, what his thoughts are on this subject uh doug mcguff has talked i think about sort of a a switch going where you kind of know you've done enough and and so you know where is the line and what is it and again do you train people really hard and of course people will gauge well you know i went and, and i'm the one certainly when i did that i remember for example being trained by blair uh because typically i'm not being trained by anybody do i push myself as hard as i could uh I certainly know when Blair trained me, I'd be afterwards in the shower and things like that and thinking, man, that was a great workout and wondering if I had a trainer like that all the time, would I get significantly greater results? Would I actually have bigger muscles today than I have? Or, or you know, getting, if I reached a point where I'm a plateau, 
and I'm no longer getting hypertrophy because I'm not training hard enough, but if I had somebody pushing myself like that, would I gain two, three, four, five pounds of muscle uh, that I would never reach the way I train, or am I simply progressing a little bit slower and just incrementally increasing uh, my progress is closer and closer to my genetic potential that I can get. Anyways, uh, all food for thought, hopefully not too much rambling, sharing, uh, commenting, subscribing is all greatly appreciated.